Hate is a powerful four-letter word, but there's not really a lot that we would say hate applies to here in the fast lane. Um, maybe in jest in certain cases, but not in reality. But, it, you know, it's amazing the backlash that's been out there. And thankfully, not as often from our listeners over our coverage of the Virginia Tech Lady Hokies and their run to another ACC share of the ACC regular season championship and potentially their second straight ACC tournament. And what they hope is a deep run into March Madness and even early April to the point where you are able to hear their games as the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament transpires in the latter rounds. Those games will air right here on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, along with all the men's tournament and a slew of games uh, in the lead up to it. Um, it's less about that, and it's more the fact that you know, I think it's a smaller sector than ever before because you know we use the quote today on our InsaneRadioDeals.com fast take in honor of today being Leap Day. Enter the promo code LEAP at checkout for 29% off your order at InsaneRadioDeals.com. But we, entered, we, we mentioned the quote today. That if you dislike change, you'll like your relevance even less. And I know we're kind of butchering that, but we're rolling off of that phrase. Because the reality is, is things have evolved to a much different point in this world than ever before. And I've heard this question out there from others. And it's why is there so much animosity towards Caitlin Clark, who today, by the way, announced she is going to forego her COVID year at Iowa to go to the WNBA draft. Congratulations, you're headed to the Indiana Fever. Yes, well, congratulations. It might even be a pay reduction uh, outside of the endorsement. Yeah, course. it's not going to be a pay reduction. Let's get, yeah, Darren Ravel can get out of the block. Because State, he, Farm, State Farm's not going to be, State Farm, like, State Farm's going to be like, ah, oh, yeah, you're out of college. We're not going to keep this endorsement deal, even though it's working for us. Yeah, never. Even though WBA ratings are up. Like, nah, we're not going to keep this. Like, get out of here. It is comical to hear those comments. By the way, he's the guy that loves to take comments and information but never attribute them to a source, which absolutely is ridiculous. Amazing, by the way, he went to, I think, the bastion of journalism, Northwestern, but yet he's not very good at citing There's a reason he's basically lost his job at everywhere he's went. There you go. Those are your words, not mine, but when I say that, you kind of get the gist of what I mean. Trey Lyle just said that, and I'm not afraid. Here's the funny part. So anyway, back to the point at hand, though. Caitlin Clark, there's a a small factor of people out there who cannot stand the fact that she's gotten attention, that the Virginia Tech Lady Hokies have picked up attention, that women's sports have gained attention, and it's smaller by the year because in a lot of cases, it's older guys who are, over time, they're either dying off or... Crotchety old men. Yeah, really. I mean, let's call it what it is, Trey. You know, because it's amazing. Look, the animosity towards Caitlin Clark, for example... Is so dumb. Here's the thing. There's a group of men out there, and again, it's often older men where sports and sports media and anything to do with it was the boys club where they could get away from women. And first of all, as somebody who's very well versed in sports media, but also spends an inordinate amount of time doing sales and listening to our platforms and everything that goes into it, time's of the essence. If I've got a wife that actually enjoys watching sports And for the most part, she does and certainly is willing to put up with my quirky schedule because she gets it and she'll often watch the games that I'm covering or listen to them, especially when they're on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, then that's a blessing to me. So I've never really quite understood that line of thinking. Time is precious. You don't have a lot of it for recreational activities. Now you're trying to do something that literally your wife wants nothing to do with. I know there are guys out there that listen to us and their wife may not care as much about sports. But trust me, it's kind of nice that I don't really have to negotiate what we're going to watch when my wife and I would both watch the same thing. Then then I can use my cards somewhere else when I really want them. It's actually kind of nice. But here's the thing. 
there are fewer and fewer of those. It's amazing because some of them will point to the idea of, you know, well, Caitlin Clark, you know, women's basketball players, there's a bunch of lesbians. Well, actually, that's not true with Caitlin Clark. She's a practicing Catholic. She's a straight woman. Her boyfriend is Connor McCaffrey. No, not related to Christian McCaffrey, Niners running back, and Ed McCaffrey, former Broncos wide receiver who's Isn't the dad it the of Christian. Isn't the son of the Iowa basketball coach? Ding, ding, ding. Similar like how Hunter Couture is engaged to, I think it's Kenny, Kenny's it's, oldest daughter? Yeah, Kenny Brooks' oldest daughter. Uh, I mean, so also, that, b- b- like b- the b- other big... Let me finish up one point quickly. So the idea of, oh, she's just another lesbian basketball player. Well, that doesn't hold any water because she's not. So we can throw that one out the window, Trey. Yeah, I was also at, you know, Sabrina Nescu, who just had a, a showcase where she, uh, you know, nearly beat Steph Curry in a three-point shooting contest from the NBA line. Um, she's straight as well. Like I, And who cares? I mean, in my opinion, who gives a crap about their sexual orientation? Um, so... But, yeah, if you want to make that dumb argument, the, it doesn't exist um, necessarily. Um, I mean... Then there's one more, though, Trey. Go ahead. The, the, other, the other part of the argument of people that, that are upset of, you know, Virginia Tech women or Caitlin Clark and the attention she's gotten and the hatred towards it is nobody cares about women's sports. That's not true. Uh, have we looked at the ratings lately? Because 9.9 million people watch the women's championship on a Sunday afternoon, which is not primetime, by the way. 9.9 million people watched the Women's Basketball Championship last year. Here we go. I, I have a question for people out there. Can, can I kind of throw one more point before we get to your question about okay. this? Okay. Okay. It's just a comparison of things. Caitlin Clark, according to the site where you get all of your sports merchandise. They also have a sports book, by the way. Fanatics. Oh, I had a creative way. Okay. Finish it off, Trey. Finish I was my just going to say it's a site that's full of fans that are interested in oh. Caitlin Clark. Come on, man. You know, Trey, what's really disappointing is is you were going to pull or, an Ed or you could I say like you. it, you know, has a similar name to a famous Philadelphia mascot that is green. Yes, and spelled differently. Uh, understandable. But anyway, Caitlin Clark is the top-selling college athlete of all time on that particular site. She's got endorsements north of $800 million, $800,000 per year. The, the big companies that are sponsoring her are not just going to do it because it's the right thing to do. There, there is some monetary value that larger companies see in this type of sponsorship. So, uh, yes, there's a sector of the population that's upset about this. But, you know, it's amazing because uh, I thought the most Im- Im- amazing part to Virginia Tech's senior day victory, which was, by the way, the fifth sellout at Castle Coliseum for a women's basketball game this year. If I'm not mistaken, Trey, the women have sold out more than the men this year. So just you know, a little yeah, food for thought Yeah, I would there. also say that women's game day crowd could rival a lot of men's game day crowds. It was that good. It was definitely the best women's game day crowd because typically they'll do it as the pregame to the noon game. So they can't really, you know, that's a different dynamic fan-wise. But uh, that was definitely the best women's college game day crowd. But it would rival some men's crowds because it was packed. Like that whole side of the arena was filled. It was that big. And I would argue, and this oh, is just me. let me get my comparison real quick. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so people are talking about, you know, women's sports. She is by far the most popular athlete in college basketball, and people are going to say, "Ask why." Um, her highlights are insane, and I would just ask you this: if you think why, why is you know, why is the best men's player not getting highlighted like this? You watch a Zach Eady game, who will probably win the Naismith Player of the Year. 
and you and you watch a Caitlin Clark game and you get back to me. And I'm not here to say Zach Eady isn't deserving of winning the player of the year. He's a great seven plus center for Purdue. But like, come on now. Like Caitlin Clark is pulling up from, you know, forty feet and looking like Steph Curry and you know, that is the like and making highlight plays where Zach Eady just gets the ball on the block and throws a hook shot. He doesn't even dunk it. Like, come on, come on. Let's let's be real here. Zach Eady's like a you know a poor man's Tim Duncan here. You know everybody. That's not even on. a good comparison. He's like a poor man's Yao Ming. I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm talking about a guy that's fundamentally sound, but it's kind of painful to watch in certain spots. Yeah, but Tim Duncan could play in today's NBA. Zach Eady is not going to play today's NBA. But then here, here's the other point, by the way, as well. And, 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 I, and to their credit, there are a lot of fans out there that have kind of converted over. And I'm not going to pretend that you know, women's basketball is topped. Men's basketball, we talk men more than women here in the fast lane, but we give both of them credit. It, none of them, none of it tops football, which is obviously the big thing. But there are a couple things just to keep in mind about this. One, the numbers don't lie. From endorsement deals to TV ratings to fan engagement and interest, uh, you know, it, it's changed from where sports used to be the good old boys club back in the day. And if you disagree with us, by the way, we always welcome the opinion, so please keep them coming. Fast lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram for your feedback or Trey Lyle VT for anything Trey has said or just to keep us all in the loop. But there are a couple other things to... to Talking about Darren Rappel there, but tagging me. <laughs> he won't I, listen to this. We're good. I mean, you know, I, I would say you're probably right, Trey. I, I don't care if he comes at me. I mean... Go ahead. Come on at us. But, you know, here, here are the other parts to this, though. One is this. Georgia Amor, after the game, acknowledged that there's a big difference now between when she started at Virginia Tech and when, you know, Liz Kitley and Kayla King, who've been around a little bit longer in Blacksburg, but from when they started to where Virginia Tech women's basketball is now and where women's basketball as a sport happens to be, that one of the differences that they can tell through engagement, through, uh, obviously, endorsement deals and everything else, that people do actually care about this. That, <laughs> building that, seriously... Like, all the people showing up and, like, actually, like, you know, people show up for a free T-shirt. I'm not going to lie here. People show up and there's, like, free pizza. People are showing up and, like, caring about us and, and showing passion and riding the wave with us. And it's, like, a thing of beauty is that we get gratif- uh, gratification and satisfaction from winning, but so does everyone else watching. It's, like, the coolest thing ever, the, the impact that we've had on this town, really. And, and, and let's be clear, it's really a smaller but somewhat vocal sector of folks that are generally older guys that have this animosity. Because there are a lot of older guys that I've encountered who actually have come around and started watching women's sports, find it interesting. Most of them don't pretend to put it on the same level as you know football and men's basketball. And I can understand and can respect that. But I mean, look, part of the reason for women's basketball versus men in the college game is... The best men's players either don't go to college or they don't stick around long enough to really feel that emotional bond and connection. For most of the best women's players, you do. You stick around for a handful of years. So that's a big part of the reason. Social media is a big aspect of it. It brings more fans in. It's created a higher level of engagement. And Also, look, winning helps. Winning helps. 100% it does. And it's exciting, too. I mean, you hit on the Purdue reference, but they're one of the two best teams in men's basketball. I mean, some of the best women's basketball teams are actually exciting or best product. I mean, dude, Purdue is the team we're touting. What, like, people bag on Virginia, by like the way, UConn, we have a championship. UConn also, I will say UConn plays an exciting brand of basketball. I agree with that. But also that's, I also think it's the fact that they have, he might be the best character in college, Dan Hurley might be the best character in college basketball from the coach's point of view, because that dude's entertaining. I, I will say this, but a really good example of the growth of this, you know, of women's sports is the biggest 
women's basketball game in the state of Virginia is happening on Sunday in terms of people there. Now, if you're UVA and you announce that you're going to do $10 general admission tickets and anyone can buy them, will it be more Virginia fans there or Virginia Tech fans there? That I don't know. If we know anything from football, Hokie fans know how to get to Charlottesville. Um, but still, I think it's going to be a great environment either way. And I think part of it is UVA's upset win over Louisville, Tech a top five team in the country. Um, theoretically speaking, if Tech loses tonight to Notre Dame, that that this would be the game they could clinch the outright ACC title. Which would be, you know, even big. You go back to, ironically, Virginia, because everyone else in the top five lost that week, became number one still in that game. But there was that game in Charlottesville at JPJ when Tech beat Virginia, and Virginia was poised to go to number one, and like fans were chanting number one at the start of the game, and Tech wins. UVA still got num- the number one ranking that week. But my point being, this is a big game because. Winning helps. If Virginia wasn't playing that good of basketball down the stretch, is this game as big as it's going to be? No, absolutely not. If, if Virginia Tech's not a top five team in the country with the best player in the ACC, maybe the best center in the country, you know, but it, that, that just shows the growth as well, is that you have two really good programs, Virginia in a spot where Virginia Tech was a few years ago, and then Tech... You know, at their absolute peak in terms of this program where it is that is now, with my expectations remaining that do I think this will, you know, will they take a step back next year? Yeah, you lose a three-time player of the year, you're going to take a step back next year, but it still have a lot of faith in Kenny Brooks. Very good point. And part of it also, too, and why there's been more excitement on a local level, and that's certainly what we discuss here in the Fast Lane on the Virginia Talk Radio Network is... I mean, look at the men's teams right now. Liberty's having a, a tough go of it, although we'll preview the game tonight with a man who will be on the call, former Virginia men's basketball coach Pete Gillen, who's on it for CBS Sports Network. He's joining us around 540 today in the fast lane. I can score a basket on Virginia Tech's defense, and I can stop a Virginia player from scoring a basket. Uh, very true. And Tony Bennett even last Which night Which is was, actually not true, but I, you just have to say it. It's the analogy that makes some level of sense. And Tony Bennett was even self-deprecating about it after Virginia held on for that 72-68 win in front of the packed we say that sarcastically Conti Forum at Boston College last night thought offensively um, not perfect but um, from the last couple games we played it would be probably perfect if you did a comparison in terms of how we played in terms of just getting some shots doing things love the self-deprecating humor from Tony Bennett and it is kind of true but once again this is a Virginia team where uh, you know we mentioned the aesthetics of it but People call Virginia in Liberty right now, and you could even put Virginia Tech in this boat, but it's more defensively. But being a tough watch kind of goes into Virginia's win last night, which is the concept of doing the little things well. Every game's meaningful, but I think it's these guys are smart. They know whatever the magic number is to get in. It's just you're just fighting, and you're still pursuing the right stuff. And it was I like that idea about not pressure on the game, pressure in the game with your your passion and how you're going to play and do the things, the hard things well and not yield on them. And by the way, for the record, I really like and appreciate teams that find ways to win when it may not be aesthetically appealing. I know I'm in the minority on this. Most people want excitement, and I get that. A lot of Virginia fans have come to appreciate that they're a defensive team and the attitude with which they play, but that's kind of what's endeared Virginia to a lot of the Virginia Cavalier fans, the Tony Bennett Virginia, to that. 
Um, and when you're winning, it's easier to buy into that, of course. But it, it is the mindset. But it's also the reality of where the team is. And, you know, it kind of goes full circle as well. Back to the conversation we were having about the excitement around women's sports is in a lot of cases, you get players that stick around longer. The talent sticks around at better programs and it creates a lot more excitement for it. One more point on this, Trey? Yeah, I was just, uh, well, it's not really like a point. It's a side point. It's a uh, props before we move on because we're talking about Caitlin Clark a little bit. Uh, just to show her effect, the Indiana Fever were on fire today. They go number one pick with the you know hourglass emoji and then they go hop on board 2024 season tickets available now and they're like we'll just remind everyone that we have the number one pick in 46 days that's their three tweets since caitlin clark announced she was declaring for the nba draft i think they know what they're doing the other part is she is you know if you're talking about basketball players she's exciting to watch you know that 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 plays she's selling out opposing team arenas like that's how big of a, a star she is like there's not a lot of Unless you're a blue blood team, you're not doing that, man. Like that that is her biggest feather in the hat is that she especially in women's she's basketball. She's elevated women's basketball as, as a, a brand. She is selling out opposing team arenas. All right, enough on that. We've had a lot of comments. Please keep them coming. Yours, of course. That was a fun one. Fastlane, Ned Lane, and Trey Lyle VT on the socials. Trey will probably get to some of those tomorrow as I'm off with the church function, so, so Trey is taking over. In the meantime, more basketball, including the ACC, to start the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Well, yesterday, Trey Damas made an appearance in the fast lane. Yes, I did. Didn't you like that? Because, yes, Virginia Tech and Virginia are both scheduled to have away games in men's basketball next year at Stanford and Cal. Surely they're going to be paired, by the way, for one of these, like, Thursday, Saturday, or Saturday, Big Monday. Big in air quotes, of course. That'd be a funny joint airplane travel. They just fly together. That would be funny. And they might, because they might both go out there and, you know, Tech and UVA both go to California. And then, you know, one plays Thursday at Stanford, the other plays Thursday at Cal, then they flip it up on a Saturday. And we're using that as an analogy, of course, but that that's one of the biggest takeaways from the 2024 schedules for men's basketball. The other, and you know, we're not going to get into the whole schedule. That one, of course, has been retweeted at Fast Lane Ed Lane on the Twitter account, but it's Virginia who is scheduled to play home and aways with Virginia Tech, of course, but also Louisville. Uh, again, we get force fed that quote rivalry in quote and SMU. No real natural Pony rivalry up. there. Haha, <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, Virginia Tech, I at least see the line of thinking between them and their two rivals, Virginia and Miami, Clemson being the third opponent. For curiosity's sake, the North Carolina schools, Wake draws Duke and NC State plus Stanford as a home and away. Carolina gets Duke and State as home and away plus Pitt. State gets North Carolina and Wake plus Cal as a home and away. And then Duke gets, of course, because they're Duke and they get preferential treatment, Carolina, Wake, and Miami, not the trip to the California schools, as a home and away. But, you know, by and large, it, it makes as much sense as you could reasonably expect with I, the new scheduling for. I thought you were going to mention how I, uh, you know, preceded BYU upsetting Kansas on Tuesday, even though I said BYU would storm the court if they win. Too bad they were in Allen Fieldhouse, so that, that couldn't happen. But I did say BYU. As an example, BYU beating Kansas would be a major upset. For more of Nose Trey Damas, the votes of confidence will come up tomorrow in the fast lane. Number four. Speaking of basketball and college hoops, no less, 
Old Dominion, they are following through on what we teased with the help of David Teal of Richmond.com. They are hiring former Monarchs great Mike Jones, who helped them win a couple of old, well, this is way back in the day, of course, CAA championships and make it into the NCAA tournament. But he's a Maryland assistant. He has a lot of ties to the D.C. area as being the former coach at DeMatha. And, you know, the fact that it kind of got leaked by David Teal that this could be a possibility. I mean, he's well-sourced as anybody, but they quickly announced the hire of Mike Jones to replace Jeff Jones, no relation, at Old Dominion. Kind of get the feeling like this may have been in the works for a while, and they kind of tied all this together over the last week or so. Speaking of things that have been in the works for a while and now tied together... Number three. The biggest name in NASCAR is going away. From NBC, that is. Dale Earnhardt Jr. will be part of the new coverage in 2025 for Amazon Prime and the Warner Brothers Discovery TNT Bleacher Report sector of broadcast. That 10-race stretch coming up now. The summer stretch. The summer stretch. That is 2025. Earnhardt Jr. is, by the way, not under contract, technically, for the remainder of 2024. I'm sure NBC would actually take him if they had the opportunity, if he wanted, if Earnhardt Jr. wanted to go to NBC because... And he still could sign with Fox or NBC still. He's a big enough name that you would gladly adjust The biggest name. The biggest name. Oh, by far. NBC fumbled the bag on this one, as I tweeted at Trey Love UT heavily because he wanted to stay at NBC. Speaking of fumbling, lack of planning, and wondering what's going on. Number two. Yes, a 14-team playoff model is already being discussed, as we've already mentioned, and at some point we'll probably grow to 16 teams. But here's more details out about it that can begin as soon as 2026. It's not finalized. It's only an option, but it would mean three automatic berths to the SEC and the Big Ten. Two automatic berths to the Big 12 and the ACC. One automatic qualifier to the best finishing group of five champion. And then three at-large berths, which you know, based on how things are positioned, would inevitably likely be more SEC and Big Ten schools. I don't like it, but it's a clear indication of who has the power hey everyone, in the spot. If you want to know what this format is, it's called the Champions. It's like the Champions League, where like it, the Premier League gets four bids, or but the Turkish League gets two bids. Yes, well, it's very so, similar, and it goes to that old theory of the SEC commissioner liking the idea of how the Champions League was operated, and he likes to show the that he has... How the formation of the Premier League, he read a book. Yes, and he likes to show that he has... As our girl Melissa McCarthy would like to remind us. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. According to Adam Schefter, Josh Harris, Washington Commander's owner, is attending his first combine and participating in each of the six interviews the team has conducted with the top quarterback prospects in the draft. Look, I'm not raising a red flag on an over-involved owner, and the main reason why is it's very common for owners in the NFL to be in on interviews with quarterbacks when you know you're likely to pick one. And the commanders pick second when they're considered to be three, four if you put J.J. McCarthy into discussion, but at least three to four quarterbacks that will be selected near the top of the NFL draft, which means the commanders picking second overall are 99.99% going to take a quarterback, which means the owner wants to figure out who the face of his franchise is going to be from a player standpoint and who the inevitable leader in the locker room should be. This is not the arm alarm razor coming out of the Dan Snyder era. Also, he just, you know, secretly tells Caleb Williams, let's tank your, you know, tank your tank your chances to go to, you know, Chicago, because if that somehow doesn't happen, if you're Josh Harris, you whatever God you pray to, you thank him like ten thousand times. That's all I gotta say. And there is your 
Fast Five at Five Ish. When we return in the fast lane, more on the transition from Atlanta to Las Vegas with a man who will be out there for FrontStretch.com, Danny Peters, next here in the fast lane.